The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to a very special edition of Just End the Show, everybody. This is our second victory episode of the year, and I'm happy to welcome in our in-house Steelers expert, friend of the show, Dan. How you doing, buddy? Uh, well, I've been better, that's for sure. But uh, <laughs> I'm so glad to be on the pod. Big fan, and uh, glad I could be on the actual one this time. For a while, I think you were our only fan, so it's, uh, and I don't mean the website, only fans, but... <laughs> I mean, whichever you want, I can do that too. I wonder if Zach Wilson has an OnlyFans now for his off-the-field escapades. I think that would <laughs> might raise a lot of money for charity. Him and Barrios probably share one. They take pictures with each other. Well, they throw touchdowns to each other somehow. Yeah. I would subscribe. I'd be a subscriber. And speaking of Braxton and Barrios, that is what we call an excellent segue in the biz. <laughs> Kevin, you mentioned you wanted more Barrios last week, and we got more Barrios right away in this game. I did also say we should do more trick plays, and the one they ran was a complete disaster. But yes, I will take the I will take the W on the um, increased barrio at Barrios action. <laughs> there were two trick plays. One of them was an abject disaster. The other was a touchdown. That's true. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. 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 Good point. The old Jersey special. Yeah. The Cavagool. First Jets quarterback ever to receive a touchdown. Did you hear the announcer say that? Is that true? I mean, they said it, and I can't remember one in my lifetime, so I'm just going to go ahead and say, sure, why not? Maybe it's true. I don't know. I guess Brad Smith counts <laughs> as a wide receiver, so sure, yeah. Sure. Nice. <laughs> I can't remember. Definitely not happening during the Darnold era or anything like that that I can remember. So. Oh, right on. Good for Zach. You guys are too hard on Sam. <laughs> Sam, there was Ghost, man. He has the thing from the the, the kid from uh, Sixth Sense. Can you imagine trying to go through life like that? And then you get to a certain age, you're playing football, <laughs> and then you still have to deal with that? Think about how many dead people there are probably in, in and around the East Rutherford area where they're playing. You know what I mean? I don't know. Especially now that he's just sort of alone with his own thoughts. He's injured. He's not practicing. Yeah. He's backing up Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin didn't have the size to get into the NFL. That's part. No, of it. that's um, it's uh, shoot. Kevin, you're thinking of the Home Alone series. God damn it! Uh, very close though. Very close. The technically those those two uh, bad guys, the robbers, definitely died from their injuries in the first <laughs> one, and the whole second movie is just uh, him hallucinating those two chasing him around New York City, probably from the trauma of killing two people in the first movie. <laughs> It's the weird kid from the the IPAX, the robot movie. Haley with Joel Kevin Osmond. Haley Joel Haley Osmond. Joel thank Osmond. you. Yeah. That's his name. I couldn't remember. Haley Joel Osmond. There we go. Yeah, thank you. Welcome to Just End the Show. <laughs> 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 all Jets content all the time. Welcome back to Just End Kevin Spacey's career. <laughs> So we did say it was going to be another winnable game, and we were right again. The Jets take this one from the Pittsburgh Steelers, 24-20. to uh, A bit of a slop fest. I don't think either offense looked great, but the secondary was a strength again. Thanks in part to Mitch Trubisky, who threw that early interception. Not his fault. To be fair to Mitch. 
Yep, he threw it through Deontay Johnson's hands. Not a whole lot he could do. <laughs> no, Deontay Johnson missed the catch. Yeah. He missed it. Yeah, that was a that was a tough look for the, the Steelers offense early on. Um Lamarcus Joyner, our favorite defensive back, gets the pick. Yeah. And that was one of several interceptions the Jets had in this game. I believe Michael Carter had an interception later in this game. I think Sauce had one at, at some point. Um so this was a really shining moment for this Jets secondary, which had kind of struggled at the safety position. But the cornerbacks, as they always do, as they have all season, they really showed up in this game. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not 100% prepared to say that the defense was responsible for this so much as uh, sloppy offensive play from Pittsburgh in a lot of ways. Sorry, Dan, but it's true. Uh, but with that said, it's nice to have a game where we're kind of on the other side of that, <laughs> the other side of sloppy interception and kind of bad play. Um, I wasn't uh, super impressed with the defense overall as a unit uh in in this game once again kind of for the third week in a row uh not to throw water on this fire immediately but yeah no you're right i mean uh, it, it's it's encouraging to see that they're at least being able to get takeaways last year i think i can't remember wasn't there something incredible like they had no they had not gotten an interception at all for the first like 10 weeks or something like that i'm getting that wrong but it was not a strength of the defensive unit last year actually being able to get takeaways they were the last team in the league to get an interception yeah yeah that's what the stat was that's what it was. It took forever, and like they they were not getting them. So it's that's yeah, that's an encouraging sign that when the ball's up for grabs, they're able to, you know, make those plays. But I yeah, I'm I'm cautiously uh, optimistic coming out of this game. There's going to be a lot of stuff we have to get to, but I think it's uh, safe to say uh, all three of us here we've watched a lot of football in our time, and this is not going to be a gridiron classics game. This was pretty. <laughs> this is pretty horrendous from both teams in a lot of ways. I feel, and to be honest, I think these probably are toward the bot. Both of these teams are kind of toward the bottom of the NFL. But with that said, here we are, and uh, yeah, we're doing our second uh, W podcast in four weeks, which is uh, not something that I expected. So I'm going to stay optimistic early on. Well, I I just want to add that I, of all people, deserve to be optimistic about the Jets because I told you guys when Zach Wilson was drafted that they were about three years away from being a legitimate team. I, I said that. And I remember at the time I was saying how good I thought Zach Wilson was. And that was me speaking about BYU, which is a team that I hate. <laughs> so, you know, I knew he was good coming in. And I th- I think there was a lot to take away from that game where you could say yep. that the, the Jets defense really does look good. I mean, granted, I, I, I am not sold on the whole Mitch was doing bad enough to pull him theory because like look Pickett was throwing into double coverages and the receivers of of the Steelers are really the even though they're the the positive part of the team they're also an issue where Deontay Johnson instead of just like dropping a ball to the ground he's like I'm gonna drop it straight up in the air so whoever wants it can have it that's gotta stop same with uh Claypool there on that long pass which from Pickett which was underthrown not to mention or to add to that it was underthrown and that's why he had to come back to it I am so nervous about the future of my team. Very optimistic about the future of your guys' team, though. Granted, the Steelers' defense was pretty depleted by the end of that game. Like, I guess Cam Hayward was out and such, but they still had two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and uh, I think that is something to smile about because it wasn't necess- it wasn't garbage time, and they're they're putting the ball in the end zone, you know? 
Dan, I'm going to read you a stat line. Uh, Steelers quarterback. I don't believe in, in stats. In the first half, <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, seven for 13 for 84 yards, no touchdowns, and that Deontay Johnson's fault interception. Okay, well, why are we only throwing 13 times in in the first half? That is on Matt Canada, who is a freaking idiot. Honestly, because the Jets were giving up a lot of running yards. <laughs> yeah. Is the real reason. Yeah, you also threw 13 times in the second half. Kenny Pickett also threw 13 passes, completed 10 of them for 120, no touchdowns, and three interceptions, most of which were actually his fault, unlike Mitch's. Yeah, see what I mean? I I I will stand by Mitch, even though I gotta say I heard him in, in an interview after the game, and uh, I do not think he's uh, very happy about uh, what transpired. But if you're Mitch, like at least it wasn't Mason Rudolph, right? Like at least you didn't get pulled for Rudolph, who is like you know just the name alone. I wouldn't want to play behind that guy. But right, I mean it's 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 you know if you're a Steelers fan or you're a member of the Steelers coaching staff, especially that Kenny Pickett is the future of this team. So at least it's more of a going to the future now move. You're right. Exactly. Dan, as opposed to somebody like Rudolph, who's really just a, you know, an injury stop gap or a career backup placeholder, a worse version of Jimmy G. <laughs> and, and they don't have duck anymore. He's gone. Remember duck. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> duck. I think, yeah, his moment has come and gone. Yeah, I have to say, Dan, you have to be the only Steelers fan who's not excited about getting rid of Mitch Trubisky. I think you really literally have to be the only one. So it's important we got you on the pod. Yeah, I probably am. I also am probably the only one who was happy when Big Ben left. So, you know, <laughs> these are these are things. I, I'm just not, I'm not the same as I was. My dad and I disagree vehemently about most things Steelers. But I'm here to talk about the Jets. No, I'm not. I'm here to talk about the Steelers. But I'm also here to talk about the Jets. And I, I like I like your guys' team. Thanks, man. I think it's safe to say the rest of the league was kind of happy to see Ben go, kind of a don't let the door hit you on the way out sort of a deal. Play on the field was not strong there at the end. And um, obviously, I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is a well-liked uh, player around the league. Is that fair? <laughs> not the most stand-up guy in the world. So the one stealer on offense who did have a good day was Najee Harris. He finished with 74 yards on just 18 carries, which is averaging over four yards a carry. The problem is the Steelers were trailing most of this game, so they weren't willing to stick with the run once they were behind by double digits in the second quarter. Yeah, I was pretty perplexed by that because even early on, he was running all over the place on them, and it just felt like the Steelers' offense was they were able to move the ball, but then they would just stall on these like third down plays where they anything that had to rely on Mitch making a play, it seemed like they just did not want to let him do that. They were not confident in it. The Jets' defense overall wasn't able to stop Najee Harris at all, so it was kind of surprising to me that, that they were so ineffective. Uh, Pittsburgh was so ineffective offensively in terms of getting points because it seemed like at a certain point, they were right for like to break it away like a, with a big run. Last year we saw that Jonathan Taylor game where he was just running all over the Jets. I thought at some point that was going to happen where there was just going to be two or three of these plays and suddenly we're looking at you know the Jets down by you, you know multiple touchdowns or something like that. And uh, that didn't happen to to the credit I guess of uh, both the linebackers and the and the secondary that they were able to shore up any kind of big plays. But you're right, he was pretty much getting any yards he wanted within, you know, a four to seven yard window, which is surprising for a Jets uh, rushing defense that we thought was going to be a little bit more uh, robust going into the year. But with that said, I mean, yeah, I think they really lucked out on the fact that the 
Steelers were not able to convert on a lot of those thirds downs. I don't know how you felt about that, Dan. Look, the Steelers always have good running backs and good receivers. That's just kind of who they are. This this is all new for me. I haven't uh, had to cheer for like a bad team in a long time. It's um, it's a lot. Doesn't feel good. Makes me sad. But I guess all stars have to dim. This one is just you know football means so much to me. I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> they 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 definitely the, they had the game wrapped up and then Pickett just threw the ball in the air when he was getting sacked there and was like, yeah, I'll just flip this up to whoever wants it. And it just, I, I do have to say that the, the Jets had a nose for those passes on this, in this game though, which is something I feel like maybe wouldn't have been around so much the last couple of years. But anytime that a ball got like tipped, there was a jet right there, either making a play on the ball or uh, getting an actual interception. So, I mean, did, they had four interceptions in the game, right? And that's and then was there a fumble as well? Correct. One of them. One of them was the hail. I mean, technically, one of the picket ones was the hail mary at the end of the game. That's sort of I don't know. That really. I mean, it counts technically, but yeah. Adding the stat sheet. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really count in actuality in the game, but yeah. Dan makes a good point. I mean, it's been a much improved Jets secondary, including ball hawking. Sauce Gardner finished this game having surrendered one catch on seven targets against and that interception. So another really big game for Sauce. I think he kind of bounced around. He covered a little Deontay Johnson, a little base Claypool. Um, But I was, again, really impressed with what I saw. He's on, you know, barring injury, he's on a fast track to to a Pro Bowl rookie season. I don't think that that's hyperbole. That's pretty cool. I, you know, I wonder if the Steelers would look different if uh, Juju had never left. But um, I will say I'm excited about the other guy, uh, Pickens. Kenny Pickett and uh, George Pickens. Those is going to be a good combination in the future. I'm looking forward to that. Pickens looks absolutely fantastic. That's a great point, Dan. I think that's the pick the Steelers really seem to have hit on, and I'm surprised they he doesn't have more of a, a role in this offense as it stands right now. What was the there was a there's a Jets receiver that kept get, that caught a lot of pass. Was it Elijah Moore? Elijah Moore had a couple. Yeah. And Zach I thought Zach looked good too. Not going to lie. I'm slightly biased because I have a lot riding on Zach being good, like my personal pride, but let's take a quick break actually because I want to get into to Zach's play specifically. So last week's pod Evan mentioned specifically that this is going to be the start of a really big test for for Zach. And we saw both good Zach and bad Zach in this game. I think it's safe to say bad Zach, end of the first half, zone coverage from the Steelers, Jets in the red zone, looking to extend their lead, and he just floats one up the sideline for grabs. Yeah, pretty pretty bad. But we also did see some good Zach, right? We saw exactly what we wanted to see in terms of the escapability. There were, I could count at least uh, five, maybe six plays in this game that would have been sacks on Joe Flacco where Zach either turned it into a moot point, you know, getting the ball out of bounds, not losing yards, or even buying himself enough time to create a positive play. So what a blessing it was to just be able to watch a quarterback that has some mobility and is not just out there getting sacked. Absolutely, yeah. That was, I think I mentioned that in the last episode, that beyond the, the X's and O's and wins and losses, just the ability to watch a football game where you're not having to root for Joe Flick, Super Bowl champion Joe Flacco's corpse. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, the Zach thing, yeah, in terms of it being a test for him, I would say I, 
obviously the rest of this year is, and especially when they play uh, other teams, I think it's going to be even more of a test than that. But I, I really liked, uh, I really liked what I saw from Zach, like, like you were saying. And I think a lot of the focus is probably going to be on that last drive where he goes five for five. He's looking good there. Um, and, th- and that's great. Uh, but yeah, like you said, there were, there were, there were ups and downs, but overall, I think considering the musical chairs going on in the Jets offensive line, his ability to kind of get out of those situations. There, there were a couple where he threw the ball up for grabs uh, that didn't get that didn't get cut. There was one where um, a Steelers player almost made the play on the sideline and just like just had a toe out of bounds. Otherwise, that would have been a pick and a completely sort of stupid thing for <laughs> stupid situation for Zach to have gotten a uh, turnover there. So that would have been bad. And we met, already mentioned the uh, kind of disastrous trick play thing where he almost fumbled the ball backwards. But the main thing actually uh, that impressed me about this game beyond the mobility was actually his ability to throw in the pocket. Um, I think in the past, especially last year, we were kind of down on him as a passer in general, and for good reason because he seemed he seemed nervous. He seemed like he wasn't able to go through uh, to go through the playing progressions like nearly as well as we thought. He seemed like he was kind of uh, timid on some things. He was missing wide open guys. Uh, there were several very good pocket passes from him in this game. There was one to Garrett Wilson on the sideline. Uh, that was really good. Uh, the couple ones on on that last drive, and just overall, he seemed more. Uh, even the one time he got sacked, he seemed. Uh, you know, he he was able to step up and not. You know, it wasn't a situation where he went backwards and then lost another ten yards. He, you know, stepped up three or four yards and took and took the loss, but not in a way that was so devastating to the team and in ways that we've seen in the past. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I really thought that actually his pocket presence kind of surprised me in this game as well. But yeah. The main thing is that it's nice to see him being mobile, coming off the knee injury, and with this offensive line being, you know, held together with band-aids and, and rubber bands at this point. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned it. Zach made a number of tight window throws in this game that were really, really impressive, especially on that last touchdown drive. We mentioned last week that the return of Zach would likely spell a return to relevance for Corey Davis. This is true. Um, that premonition became true as well. Corey Davis led the Jets in receiving five catches for 74 uh, and a key touchdown there in the second half. I mean, anyone's going to have decent pocket presence when you don't have uh, TJ Watt breathing down your neck. So that's always uh, a nice little gift that they got. But a thing I forgot to mention also was that Mitch shouldn't have had to be taken out. I'm not letting Mitch go because the Steelers actually shouldn't have even lost this game necessarily because they overturned that touchdown that was in the back of the end zone at the beginning there or in the first half, which was very clearly a touchdown. I don't know what people were looking at when that got overturned. You're talking about the one where his toe was out of bounds? Is that the one we're talking about? Yeah. What you? <laughs> well, no, because his toe wasn't out of bounds. Maybe we're talking about a different one. He said, yes, you got him. <laughs> got him. You got, he's, you got him. It's on record. That was a catch. I disagree. That was out of bounds. His toe was out of bounds. Well, of course, of course, you would. You're biased. I'm clearly not biased. I was more nervous about the one on the sideline. I thought that that was actually mm. really close. That that pick. Yeah, the Minka interception. There, yeah, or the I actually thought that that was. Yeah, um, but I'm with Kev. I thought they were going to overturn that into a Minka Fitzpatrick interception for sure. Yeah, dodge yeah. a bolt there. Maybe he's good. That Minka Fitzpatrick, very good. It'll be nice when uh, T.J. Watt comes back for, like, the two games that he'll be back for before he gets hurt again. (laughs) 
We have uh, yet to heap any praise on the Jets running backs. This was a very good Brees Hall game, the best of his early career. 17 carries for 66 yards and the game-winning touchdown. Uh, Dan, any thoughts on that aforementioned game-winning touchdown? He looked over the line to me, but I, I don't know if you saw that one differently. Yeah, he was over the line. It was to the point, too, where, like, you know, you you see everyone scrambling for the ball, and me and my dad are sitting there jumping up and down, like, oh, the ball's loose, the ball's loose. And then they're like, well, I think he may have gotten over the line. And I, in my head, I'm always like, you know, so did Heath Miller, but they took that away. So who knows <laughs> uh, what could happen with that. But um, the, as soon as they showed the replay and I saw the ball coming forward, I was like, ah. You Steelers fans have got some long memories. Yeah, well, it's because we should have more Super Bowls than the Patriots, but we don't because the refs are stupid. And Neil O'Donnell's an asshole. Yeah. There's how long my memory is. <laughs> Listen, Jets fans have no so don't forget. no soft spot for Jets legend Neil O'Donnell either. Okay? <laughs> we both went down that road. Speaking of old Steelers players, Kevin, I didn't realize that we were going to see Jerome Bettis, a quarterback for the Steelers in the second half. That dude was just plowing his way into the end zone. Kenny Pickett as a runner was like their lone bright spot in this game on offense. Yeah. Yeah. He's real good when he's not doing a fake slide also, even though he did that in college, that one game, which is, you know. That was him? That fake slide college highlight? That's Kenny Pickett? Yeah, yeah, that was him. That's how I I knew. As soon as I saw that, I knew he would fit right in at the Steelers. I was like, just barely, (laughs) barely cheating. Yeah, that's that's right up our alley. We got that stuff. I did not like that play. That is like, I mean, talk about the slipperiest of slippery slope arguments with the fake slot. We, you, you don't want that to become a thing. That's a, that's a really dangerous road for football. They they made a rule. They didn't they make a rule to uh, to compact that yeah, immediately. Combat, combat they did that? immediately. Yeah. yeah. Because yep. of that. See, it's tough for me cheering for Pickett because, as you both know, I'm a Syracuse football fan. And what? Pittsburgh no. is a long time. I know. Crazy, yeah. right? <laughs> it's a long time rival. And, uh, well, when I say long time, I mean we used to be rivals and then Syracuse was bad for a really long time. But now we're, like, almost on the same level. So we're rivals again. But, yeah, I uh, they said he had tiny hands. And my first thought was Joe Burrows had tiny hands. And look what he look where he got. So, uh I'm all about the tiny hands. Didn't they say Mahomes had tiny hands too? Maybe that's the way of the future. Tiny hands quarterbacks. Well, there's definitely been kind of a short quarterback renaissance. That used to get you uh, uh, either not drafted at all or drafted really late. And you've got, maybe that was something Russell Wilson started. I don't know. But you've got Russell Wilson. You've got Zach Wilson's a short quarterback. Tyler Murray. There are, there are a lot of uh, short guys around the league, which you would you never used to see. It's true. Doug Flutie. The, that's the other route that you go as a short quarterback is you end up on uh, the front of a cereal box. That's the only other route. I think you just have to play for Buffalo. I think that's the only stipulation to get your own cereal. Has anyone tried the Josh Allen cereal? I haven't. I've yet to try it. Of course I have. Josh. Josh's Jacks. Josh's Jacks. Is that a Wegmans exclusive, Dan? Um, it, mi- it might be. I, I sure hope so. Although what's odd is that um i think tops is bigger in buffalo than wegman's is oh, that's you know? true i mean not complaining and i would never slander wegman's because that's my shit but um no free ads well yeah that's true <laughs> unless you want to give us you know free cereal then by all unless means wegman's is listening unless unless someone at wegman's is listening to the podcast in which case yeah danny wegman's is just listening in then it won't be a free ad i am willing to be paid by wegman's in either cash or wegman's brand uh, peanut butter and jelly corn crunch. They can pay me in either one. They don't make those anymore. <laughs> they stopped making it. I'm about to cry on this podcast for the first time that's not football related. Oh, uh, well, 
Yeah, there's my Wegman slander. That was obnoxious. I, it was, oh my God. I literally, I bought, because as you know, I had maybe like 10, 12 boxes in my basement of it. So I was slowly going <laughs> through it and I was told not to worry that they wouldn't take it out of circulation because it seemed to be popular. But guess what? I go away for a couple months. I come home. I go to the grocery store to buy more boxes of this cereal and it's not there anymore. So I've been betrayed. This is a disgusting injustice that we will try to rectify in this podcast. Speaking of disgusting injustices, let's take a break and get into uh, next week's matchup uh, <laughs> against the Miami Dolphins and not Tua Tungavailoa. So coming back, as we know at this point, uh, we're recording this on October 4th, as we know, Tua is not going to play in this game. That is a pleasant surprise, not just for the the Jets, but for I think the NFL as a whole, uh, if the Dolphins yeah. trotted out to a one more time, we were going to have a serious, serious controversy on our hands if we don't have one already. I'll be shocked if he shows up at all for the rest of the season. I'm not going to lie. I, it's like I've told um, – I feel like I've mentioned it to Kev before, but uh, to me, football seems like the only way that they'll really change because my problem is the way that they tackled Tua, you know, it's a tackle. It's a legal tackle. But I, I hate when they throw people over their back like that because there's nothing – you can't do anything to support yourself. The back of your head's definitely going to hit the ground. And he shouldn't have been playing anyway. But I, I kind of feel like this is the only way that anything's really going to change is when someone finally dies on the field, which is a horrible thing. But, like, I don't know. When we were all watching that, that Dolphins-Bills game. You saw Tua stumble. When he tried to get up, we anybody who's ever watched professional sport, I didn't think he was coming back into that game. Right, you, he was clearly concussed. Right? Yeah, I was so shocked. Yeah, it was. Yeah, not even close. Like it was. It reminded me actually. Who? What? What game was it? Where Mahomes? Remember, Mahomes had a game where he went to jog off the field and then he had to take a knee. Yeah, and then they pulled him. You know, and it's. Unless we want to turn every quarterback into an asshole like Philip Rivers, we should just make sure that they don't get too many concussions. You don't want Philip Rivers to get CTE. You don't want to shorten Phil's life. He's got a lot of kids to look after. You, you, you're going to create about 15 orphans if something happens to Philip Rivers. So we want to make sure that uh, that, that brain's protected. <laughs> Might make them better kids, though. Yeah. I hate that gun. <laughs> Predictably off the rails. <laughs> Um, Listen, podcasts are free, people. You get what you pay for. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I mean, uh, in terms of the matchup against Miami, though, outside of the quarterback thing, I'm very nervous about the Jets playing against this Miami defense. I really think that they are legitimately good, and uh, this is probably going to be the biggest defensive test they've had all season, right? I can... I'm. I'm thinking of the previous games i think that this is that miami is probably the superior defense to the four they've faced so far would you say i think that's definitely fair to say kevin i think this is definitely the most stout defense they're, they're going to end up facing as i look at the injury report for week five i don't think the jets have posted anything yet it's only tuesday i don't think we'll find out the injury statuses until thursday and i think that's going to be a, a big omen for this game whether or not we have Jordan Fant, whether or not we may or may not have Dwayne Brown or Lakin Tomlinson, you know you're not going to have Mekhi Becton. Um, but if the Jets are 
are going to get any of their offensive linemen back, even if it's just Max Mitchell, it would really, really help because otherwise I think Zach's in, in big trouble against this Dolphins front seven if, if, if he's playing a, a second and third string offensive line. Yeah, and like we said, even the ability to his ability to scramble and and to make make something out of nothing. I'm just if if uh, if he has to be kind of doing that on every down, I'm not specifically confident that he can uh, that he can continue to make plays. Uh, but yeah, that that is I would say the the primary uh, concern here. I think is is trying to is trying to perform against the Miami defense. I mean, ultimately, this game is i mean we're this is going to be the first of the two dolphins games i think we're looking at this uh afc east division here and it just seems like um barring the two a thing and uh miami and the bills are definitely clearly superior to to the other two teams in the league at least so far so are are, uh, the other two teams in the division so this is going to be the first test against those teams but i mean i don't know if the jets there we're two and two here if they can find some way to pull out a victory in one of those four games i would be i would feel a little bit more confident about the team i don't know how you feel about that seth yeah i gotta be honest Uh, teddy two gloves i should say jets preseason legend teddy two gloves just doesn't scare me as an opposing quarterback. <laughs> yes, former Jets legend. Especially, you know, when we're talking about the strong Jets secondary. I, I I don't know. I think the Dolphins are going to struggle to move the ball, maybe just as much as the Jets will in this game. I love the under 44 and a half, if we're going to leap right into a Jets bet segment. Um, I am hammering, hammering, hammering that under. I don't see how either of these teams are going to score points in this game. I don't love the spread in either direction. The Dolphins are favored by three and a half, which I think is fair. I think they still have to be favored who are not based on what we've seen from both of these teams this year. Um, I would ignore that spread either way. Maybe the only spread bet I would consider is a little bit of Dolphins blowout juice. Maybe Dolphins, you know, ease that up to nine and a half. Dolphins by two scores is the only spread I would sprinkle a little on because you'll have good odds. Wait. But I would just, uh, to be honest, if I'm taking money line, I like the Jets at plus 155. Okay, I was going to say, are the Jets really not favored in this game? Um, where are they playing? Are they playing in Miami? They are not. The game is in uh, Jersey. Oh, see, because I was going to say, if they were playing in Miami, then I would almost guarantee that they would win because if there's one thing Miami and Florida writ large has a lot of, it's MILFs. And we know already that you put Zach in a room full of MILFs, he's going (laughs) to... You know, I feel like it's the opposite of boxing. He's going to get his juju together, and he's going to be ready to go in that game. Well, we don't want our quarterback exhausted, Dan. I'm so glad that's the direction this comment went in wake of things in Florida. I was like, oh, God, is this where we're going? Okay, no, MILFs. Good. Yes, no. Perfect. Great. <laughs> no, Love I'll it. keep the politics to myself. The, uh, I mean, look, the Mormon Missile is here to stay, all right? <laughs> the, the, he's got everything loaded up. The Dolphins, to me, have always have have this entire year been a sort of deeply unimpressive team, even though they've won some games that maybe you wouldn't have expected them to. I would have expected them to beat the Bengals if Tua didn't get hurt. But realistically, if you just jam up Tyreek Hill and Waddle at the line every play, then they should be okay. I mean, granted, that's probably a lot harder than it sounds. It's the same as, like... Mm -hmm. Julian Edelman being somehow a good receiver, even though nothing would point to that. But I, yeah, I don't know. Miami seems under, they, they don't seem like they should be as good as their record would indicate or what people would think about them. I don't know. That's just yeah. me maybe, but. And a lot of the Dolphins success has been predicated on 
Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle to this point. Now, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed have passed every test so far with flying colors. This is undoubtedly their biggest test of the year against these two speedsters with Miami. It's also going to be a real test on the safety play as well, I think. We had some good stuff with Joyner here, maybe getting the interceptions and stuff. But if these guys are running loose in the secondary and it's coming down to Jordan Whitehead against like some of the against somebody like Tyreek Hill, I'm not thinking that that's going to go too well for the Jets. But uh, you know, again, it, it's one of these things where I think if you look at this game that we're coming out of, right? There's a lot. There's so many factors that that go into a football game going either either direction like this team right now is two and two I think you and I both agree there's a pretty uh, you know there, it's a pretty easy tweak to see that there's a possibility that this team could have been zero and four at this point my barring a few plays and a few different things so you know it doesn't surprise me that that Miami is favored and it doesn't surprise me that even with Teddy with Teddy Bridgewater uh, at the helm that, uh, you know, Vegas and kind of the overall football community is thinking is kind of leaning Miami here. Also, the Jets apparently can't win at home, which is kind of weird. They have won the two road games and they've and they've lost the two at home. We've got kind of gotten blown out by two at home. So, you know, that's another angle on this. But I'm I think I'm optimistic about this. It, the thing that's so kind of maddening about this uh, Jets season so far, if there is something, is that I would really like them to be able to put together like um a full a full game where all of the units are kind of go, going you know all, all full speed ahead it seems like there's you know it's uh when once we're sort of up on one unit then all of a sudden it's like another one is not performing and obviously when you have a, something like the offensive line uh that's just so beat up there's that's that's kind of a different situation but it would be nice to be able to you know have a have a game like we had this game but also have the run defense you know, come through for them, not just the secondary or not just the linebacker play. But, um, you know, I'm worried about the Miami thing. Uh, I'll I'll admit that. And if I was doing a betting thing, like you said, I probably would go for the the Miami blowout money because that would be the only way you could kind of get anything out of it value wise. But, you know, I don't want to root for that. I'm uh, I've been known to gamble on on Jets games, but that's 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 maybe a bridge too far, hoping that they get blown out. There's there's a lot of things coming out of this where I think you can be optimistic. And if we are going to do our second ever player of the game award, mine might be sort of controversial in some ways based on just the stats. But I think I'm actually going to go with Brees Hall as my player of the game here. I don't know how you feel about that, Seth. I think Brees makes as much sense as any. He scored the game-winning touchdown. He had a nice game on the ground. He, he looks impressive as a receiver. I was actually going to go with Sauce. <laughs> just in terms of just being you know, absolute shutdown in this one. But I think Bryce is a great pick. I, I say no wrong answers on that one. I guess part of my justification is that for the first three weeks, uh, we had seen sort of flashes of it, I think, and, and throughout the preseason and stuff, there were like little little pieces of it. But to see him really be able to put together a pretty solid game, like I say, like statistically, it's not jumping off the page kind of thing. But he can catch he clearly has the ability to run he can he can break tackles and he's somebody that you know like you see on the game winning play there he's able to get the ball across the goal line and and make a physical play and that's something that i think the jets have lacked in the in the run game uh, over the past few years it's it's been sort of i mean obviously we love michael carter but he's kind of more of a fast kind of elusive back it's nice to have sort of have the complement with him and i was you know 
I think I said like over maybe it was the second or third episode. I was like, yeah, it's kind of. A, I'm still kind of a wait and see on Brees Hall. I th- I'm I'm gonna go ahead and and my chips are in the center. I'm I'm pro I'm pro Brees. And also I heard this on uh, somewhere. I should I should give credit for it. Or maybe it was Twitter. I can't remember. But we got to start a Brees chan in the crowd. Brees. It seems like the most obvious thing in the world. We got to get that going. I gotta say, sauce is uh, looking really good. I mostly wanted to say the name so that I could get the the sound bite. But one of the key things about being a good cornerback in the NFL, right, is that if they can't throw towards you because they know it's going to get broken up, then you're pretty good. And how many how many plays did you say went his way? He gave up one catch after seven targets. Right. So, like, you know, the Steelers only threw 26 times because they suck. And um, every single time it comes to his way, he's making a play on the ball or they can't get it to him. So, I, yeah, I like sauce. You mentioned, you know, kind of the hallmark of a good corner is just not being targeted. And I completely agree. And I'm going to turn on the hyperbole meter for just a minute here. That's exactly what we saw from Darrell Revis for like just about a decade in New York is just like Revis would always be in the bottom of the league in interceptions because people never threw at him. And Cromartie always had a billion interceptions because he was the only guy being constantly targeted. So uh, just the fact that you're right, Dan, that sauce isn't being targeted is huge. And on the other side, you've got DJ Reed looking great because we get to see DJ Reed all the time. Yeah, and I yeah that that's a really good point. I think that that's something that maybe gets overlooked when you just look at picks. Is that if somebody's really performing, it means that 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 the offense is avoiding them. A couple other uh, bright spots before uh, we go here. I wanted to also bring up Corey Davis in this game. I thought was actually pretty good. Caught a touchdown. Seemed like uh, he was struggling earlier on in the year. He's taken a lot of grief from Jets fans online. Yeah, and we know that Zach loves Corey, yeah. I, credit where credit's due. Got a nice sliding grab in that final drive there, uh, even though the ball maybe was a little bit behind him. But uh, n- nice grab. Uh, but, yeah, th- Corey Davis is another one that I thought we uh, we should uh, highlight here. Uh, so I guess just one extra bright spot. You definitely should. Again, the Steelers aren't necessarily great this year, but at the same time, I challenge anyone to tell me a single year that the Steelers' defense hasn't had incredible schemes and like an incredible presence on the field. Um, there's a reason that the Jets won this game without scoring that many points. You know what I mean? It's the the Steelers' defense is always good. It always, even when people are getting hurt. Without T.J. Watt, sure, it's a whole different look. But like, if you're throwing passes more than 15 yards and you know Fitzpatrick is back there then you've got some level of confidence and I I think that the Jets have a lot to look forward to between Salah being a really good coach um, and the receiving core just being outstanding I also the running game looked great I mean granted this could all be that the Steelers are really bad but it's like I said earlier it's hard for me to comprehend that at the moment finishing eight and eight is going to be nice at the end of the season though I got to tell you that much as a Steelers fan, it's still going to be nice not having a losing losing season. Um, but I do also I do have the Jets over eight and a half. Uh, I don't know if I told you guys that, but I threw twenty bucks on that before the season even started. Wow! Yeah, you've been more bullish on our t- on our team than we have. <laughs> it's because I'm f- removed from it. You know what I mean? I'm not right there in the the thick of it, so it's easier for me to. Even though, I, like again, I don't know any of these players' names. It's just unbelievable that these are real people. Like if you if you swapped out the Jets lineup for people who are accountants, I feel like it would be the same names. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. 
<laughs> I don't have I don't know any accountants named Sauce though. That's the only one that I've never met. Dan, what do you think about Mitch Trubisky for Jets player of the game in this one? <laughs> oh, shots fired. Oh, I think you just hurt my feelings. Um I think Mitch has been an understated he went 10 and 6 in his first year with one of the worst bears teams that i think we've ever seen apart from what khalil mack was the only good player on that team besides mitch and they went to the freaking playoffs let's people need to chill out and stop being so mean to that poor kid he had matt nagy and the bears as his that was his he that's what he had to work with like what do you i don't know what do you want from the guy and now he's got matt canada as the offensive coordinator the guy who I yeah, no, no. That's I, my feelings are hurt, deeply hurt. I would say that the refs were the player of the game because they blew that touchdown call, not the last one. That was a touchdown, but the the, the other one with the, the toes that didn't step out of bounds. That's ridiculous. Everyone knows that the cleat has a little bit of elevation between the. I maybe his foot was over the line, but I doubt it was touching the line. If you get my drift. <laughs> Here's something that is interesting, I think, is that when you guys talk about the players on the Jets, 90% of the time I think you're making up the names because I'm just like, I've never heard of that player before in my entire life, and somehow <laughs> you guys know all these names. I, it, it is very interesting. So are there is there a Michael Carter on offense and a Michael Carter on defense? That is correct. Yeah, there's a Michael Carter and a Michael Carter the second. And then there's a Brees Hall and a Bryce Hall? And a Bryce Hall and a Bryce Huff. Oh. Who was active in this game, I think, actually. He was not active last week, but he was in this game. <laughs> ben, you've uh, been a keen observer of the National Football League for some time now. I know because of gambling, we're all kind of watching as many of the games as we can, often simultaneously. You've got some some observations about the season thus far. Yeah, of course. Um, so I've noticed uh, a couple things um, watching as much football as I have this year. Uh, previously, I had been unable to watch as much because uh, the job that I was working had me working Sundays. But now that I'm not working Sundays, I, uh, I have more time to watch all of the games. And um, there were some aspects of certain players and coaches that I noticed, mostly coaches but that uh, and commercials as well, that I noticed that I feel like are worth pointing out. The first one is that uh, Mike McCarthy looks like he makes the same joke about his kids paying the bill every single time they go to Applebee's. <laughs> Gronkowski looks like he definitely had a sexual experience with a teacher in high school. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't tell me I'm wrong, so there's that. Um, the Miami head coach looks like he dated uh, Meadow Soprano. Um, I feel like that's important to mention. Uh, John Harbaugh looks like he only takes his hat off when he eats Thanksgiving dinner. Not any other dinners. <laughs> Not, like, literally just Thanksgiving dinner. And it's probably because somebody tells him to. Probably his evil brother, Jim. Um, and then finally, the, the new Pats, the new Patriots backup looks exactly like that guy Stinky from Hey Arnold. <laughs> Zappy? Wait, Bailey Zappy? Zappy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that interception really bites Arnold. <laughs> Oh, Dan, this has been wonderful. We've loved having you. We hope you come back on soon. 
Yeah, thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate it. And I'm glad that you guys put some respect on uh, Super Bowl champion Joe Flacco's name. It took me a long time of lobbying to get that in there. <laughs> and uh, also, if the Jets win 10 games this season, I would like a handwritten note explaining how correct I was about Zach Wilson. And um, if they don't, I don't want to hear about it. So that's all I've got to say. And stop being mean to Mitch. If Mitch starts next week, which is possible, stop <laughs> stop picking on him. He gets enough crap from Bill Simmons. All right. Cousin Dan, good job by you. <laughs> good job by you, Seth. That's going to wrap things up for us here just on the show. Thanks again to Dan for hopping on. We will see you next week after the Jets take on the Miami Dolphins. Until then, Kevin, just end the show. Just end the show.